Mission Mobilization Chats with Ryan Shaw, Multiplying Mission Mobilization Movements. This podcast is powered by Global Mission Mobilization Initiative. Subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube today. Find more exciting resources, teachings, and tools for mission mobilization on globalmmi.net. All right. Well, welcome to episode number 17 of our Mission Mobilization Chats uh, podcast, where we're looking at cutting-edge topics related to this issue that we call mission mobilization and how we can be mobilizing our our denominations, our campus ministry organizations, uh, our church networks. So in this episode, we want to look at the importance of seeing mission mobilization through new lenses. Okay, Maybe we've seen mission mobilization or understood it from a traditional perspective. And so we want to talk in this episode about what it might look like to see it a little bit different, maybe a little bit more broadly even than our uh, traditional understandings. So a few years ago, the Lord grabbed my attention through a particular passage, Luke chapter 5, verse 4. I sat down to pray early one morning and I had God's word open there uh, right before me with my coffee, of course, and the Holy Spirit arrested me. And the Lord put a, a word in my spirit that I believe is meant to provide significant direction to those, all of us, who care about mission mobilization. So this passage, Luke chapter 5, verse 4, it's actually been one that God has used many times uh, to speak over the years to GMMI. And before we were even GMMI, these last few years, when we were SVM2. So God has used this particular passage several times. So when we're trying to understand the ways of God, when the Lord uses a particular verse or passage many times to confirm something to us, that means it's important. That means in our journey, uh, in the ways of God to lead and to guide us, that particular passage uh, is important. So even before my wife Kelly and I got married, uh, when a group of us were just kind of starting out the development of what was SVM2 and has become GMMI, God gave Kelly this same verse for the very beginning activities and stages of how SVM2 uh, would be developed. Yet now we sense it has much broader implications. Same verse, but the Lord can take the same verse and actually apply it uh, at many different levels, on many different layers, uh, at different times of our life, different times of our ministry. So we sense it has much broader implications than just related to GMMI or SVM2 as we once understood it. Instead, we sense the Lord bringing attention now to Luke chapter 5 verse 4 for the purpose of helping propel the mission mobilization movement that God is raising up around the world within his global church. This verse is meant to somehow propel the mission mobilization emphasis in his global uh, church. So this verse jumped off the page at me. What does the verse say? It says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep 
and let down your nets for a catch. This was a startling word, and it grabbed me in a way. It had authority on it. I immediately went to prayer and said, Lord, what, what is this verse about? Not just what is it about in its original context, though that is very important to rightly apply it and rightly interpret it, but more, Lord, what does that word mean for us? Us meaning the body of Christ related to rising up with this strong, broad mission mobilization push across the global church. So the context of Luke chapter 5 verse 4 is Jesus relating with Peter, James, and John who would later become the inner core, these inner three among his disciples. So he had the whole 12, right? But these three had an intimate place in his heart that was deeper, we could say further, than the other nine. And then even among the three, there was one, uh, John, who was called the Beloved, right? Who laid his head uh, upon the chest uh, of Jesus. So Jesus is relating with these three in this context. Now, they were not yet his disciples. That's an important uh, fact to establish in the context of this particular verse. Now, that's going to happen right after this event, okay? but not yet. Now, these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, they already had some interactions with Jesus. For example, uh, Jesus had already healed Peter's mother-in-law. Okay? They had all three, Peter, James, and John, they had watched Jesus heal all, literally all, that word is spelled out in Luke 4, all of the sick who were brought to him the very day before. So the, the, you have this event, launch out into the, into the deep, the very day before is Luke 4. Okay? And they had watched Peter, James, and John, Jesus heal all of the sick. And the, and the context in Luke 4 is clear, it was all. There was not one who came that Jesus did not heal in that situation. So what's the point of that? Well, they knew that Jesus was special. He was different. There was something about, they didn't quite yet understand all the Messiah. They didn't quite understand he's son of God. Uh, they didn't get all the, the nuances of who this man was, but they knew he was, he was different. They knew he was special. They knew he had authority in some way. So on this particular day in Luke chapter five, Jesus gets into Peter's boat, you remember? And he asks him, he says, Peter, Push us off from the shore because Jesus was actually speaking to a multitude on the seashore and they couldn't all hear him. There was, it was a, too big of a crowd. So he said, hey, let me get in this guy's boat, Peter. Let's push us off from the shore. Then they can all see me. I'm a little distance, not far, but a little distance off from the shore and they can then all hear me as I project this message. So Peter says, okay, yeah, come on in. I don't really know who you are, uh, but I, I saw yesterday that you healed all these people and I saw that you healed my wife's uh, mother, my own mother-in-law. Okay, so he says, yes, get in my boat and then I'm gonna listen to your teaching because you are intriguing me was this idea I'm sure that Peter had. So then when Jesus stops speaking, he looks directly at Peter. And he says this verse 4, that is the emphasis of what we're talking about in this episode. He says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So Peter was reluctant. Why? He'd already been out all night fishing. And what does he say? He says, Lord, I, well, he didn't say Lord, but he says, Jesus, he's not quite Lord of his life yet, but 
uh, we haven't caught anything. We've been out here, we're, we're fishing, we're tired. Yet because Peter saw something of the uniqueness of who Jesus was, he wisely obeyed, right? And what was the result? Well, there was a great catch of fish that Jesus had, or, or Peter, sorry, that Peter had never seen before, let alone had himself. Okay, this was his catch of fish. He had never had that kind of catch of fish even seen among other fishermen uh, doing their own trade. So much was the haul of these fish that the boat began to sink. Wow. And I can just see Jesus on the side. Uh, I can imagine him just smiling. Just big smile going, man, you guys have no idea who I am. I am the Genesis 1 God in the flesh who created all things. And you think it's hard for me to bring in a little bit of fish like this? So experiencing Jesus' authority on display in this way, what does Peter do? Well, he, he bows down before him, right? He falls prostrate and he surrenders to him as a disciple. He says, I'm not worthy of you. I will follow you. I will do whatever it is that you ask because I see you are something special. Again, he didn't quite put all the puzzle pieces together that he's God yet. That's going to come later. Now, how do we understand this passage? Well, a generally accepted interpretation relates to the lost, right? The lost are those fish and they're caught in the net that Peter and James and John threw out. And Jesus is saying, you're going to catch a great load of fish. Okay, that's the generally accepted interpretation. And it's absolutely correct. It's absolutely true. But... There's another aspect. There's probably many, many other aspects, many, many other ways that this one verse can be applied. And so the Lord was highlighting when he arrested me, my heart with this verse, when he pressed it upon my heart, I could not get it out of my mind for many, many weeks. He was highlighting something else, actually, another aspect. So in that aspect, let down your nets. And the highlight is the word nets. Let down your nets for a catch that referred to every local ministry around the world, no matter how big of a church or a campus ministry fellowship, no matter how small. Let down your nets for a catch referred to every local ministry developing an environment, developing nets where every believer, believer, in that local ministry is regularly confronted with Jesus's redemptive storyline, with his redemptive plans, with his redemptive purposes for the nations. So the nets then become local ministries where within these local ministries, every believer is being mobilized and equipped for the great commission. So in essence, what let down your nets for a catch meant in this interpretation, this application to me several years ago, was that every local ministry would be engaged in mission mobilization within its own fellowship. Okay? So you don't have to, though it's good to do so, go to another event to experience mission mobilization, a mission conference, a uh, mission education course of some, some form. Those are all wonderful, but this idea was every local ministry 
becomes this incubator situation where mission mobilization is happening on the inside of every fellowship. So the result then being that these nets are then thrust out, the nets of a local ministry are then let down among unreached people groups because they are being mobilized. So the church is being mobilized. Eventually, message bearer teams will be scattered out to unreached people groups and those nets with the original or with the classic, the traditional interpretation that the next nets refer to all the fish of the lost coming in, that is absolutely true. But there's another aspect that the nets are actually our local ministries. When our local ministries are put out the net, put out among unreached people groups because they've been mobilized in our local ministries, then the net catches a exponentially larger number of fish from these unreached people groups. So these nets become overflowing as they're cast out into unreached people groups, but how can they be cast out unless the net of the local ministry emphasizing mission mobilization is first in place? Maybe that's why the nets, as we've sent them out, little here, little there, the result maybe has been less than what we would have hoped and what I believe the Lord wills to do because we've kind of neglected the net of the local ministry first being mission, uh, having mission mobilization happening within it, within every fellowship, so that then those who are scattered, they actually are a lot more people going out as message bearer teams scattered among the remaining uh, ethnic people groups. So the way that these nets bring forth the great uh, uh, ingathering, we can say, of fish or lost is through Jesus' whole body internationally becoming activated in mission mobilization, local ministry by local ministry. So I sense this verse is a call globally for local ministries and church network ministry structures to give focused attention to give focused emphasis to pursuing, pursuing spiritual depth, pursuing maturity spiritually, pursuing wholehearted love for God. And from the overflow of that wholehearted love for God, we then will exponentially grow and go out into the earth and bring forth the net of this great harvest or this great ingathering of fish that we saw in Luke chapter 5 verse 4. So the Holy Spirit seems to be calling the global church to a new level, deliberately po positioning her to produce greater emphasis on mission mobilization in the coming years. So it's a call to go beyond the present business as usual understanding of global mission first and even our understanding of mission mobilization. Instead, we want to remember the promises of God in His Word related to His own great commission. He gave this to us. This is not the idea of the early church to engage in the great commission. This is not the uh, uh, kind of the creative organizational way of some missions arm of a denomination. No, Jesus initiated this. This is His passion. It's his will. It's his delight. So we want to remember those promises and those words and those commands that he has given the body of Christ. And we want to seize them in a fresh way. We want to act upon them through new lenses. Not just understanding it 
in the orthodox, maybe traditional way, but bringing that up to date and saying, Lord, what does it mean for today? How can we go further than we are right now? And I believe this verse, Luke chapter 5, verse 4, launching out into the deep, letting down our nets is a part of the blueprint uh, of this big picture plan of God. So what does the deep represent, right? Launch out into the deep. The deep represents going beyond the comfortable, going beyond the normal, going up beyond the convenient as we think about mission mobilization, as we think about global mission. And with fresh and costly obedience, we renew the global church's enthusiasm for the heavenly vision given to us by Jesus before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. You remember the Great Commission were Jesus' last official words to his disciples before he ascended. Now, when he was, uh, or he has many other words at different times, but those were the last, the final words. After his resurrection, 40 days he spent with his disciples and many other disciples, uh, the wider body of disciples, I mean, teaching about the kingdom of God. And then lastly, he's ready at the, at the mount to ascend to the right hand of the Father and he gives these final words. So we can say this is a heavenly vision. The Great Commission is a heavenly vision. We want to renew the global church's enthusiasm for these final Commands, we can say, for these final directives from the mouth of Jesus himself. That's what the deep represents. Okay, deep is not easy. Launching out into the deep uh, is a little different from just the business as usual that we've been doing, hoping for the best in global mission among the unreached peoples. No, we need to move beyond that. And say, Lord, what's the fresh vision? How can we uh, help and partner and walk with you to mobilize the body of Christ? That's this idea of this uh, burgeoning and growing mission mobilization movement that we believe God is, is raising up right now. So he's calling, the Lord is, he's calling his global church to increase our faith in many, many areas. To step out in faith into that deep. Okay, using a, a different picture, when, when Peter, right? When Jesus comes to him walking on the water. Come, Peter, come out to me. What, what are you talking about, Lord? You are, you are God. You're walking on water. This is later in the, in the three-year ministry. Okay, and Peter, though, what does he do? He, okay, if you called me out to do this, I'm going to step out of the boat and I'm going to trust you. Now, we know what happened. He made that first step. And then he began to sink and, and doubt and all these things kind of start to, to enter in. But the Lord is calling us to step out and then not doubt. Even though in our flesh, in our weakness, in our finiteness, of course we doubt. We get skeptical. We misunderstand this, that, and the other. And the Lord says, don't worry about that, all that. Just step out. Trust me. Follow me. We want to pursue that primary directive that Jesus has set before the body of Christ. And we want to do it with revived zeal and fervency. That's the idea of this mission mobilization movement that I believe the Lord is highlighting right now. So this is a time to renew our commitment to stay the course in seeing the global church mobilized and equipped for cross-cultural mission. Now, it seems a little awkward, the timing Okay, so here we are having a podcast episode about all this exciting stuff, and we're living in the midst of, of a pandemic, right? There's all kinds of shifts 
uh, that have been taking place in the body of Christ globally because of this horrible pandemic that has caused things to change in our lives and in our ministries in significant ways. And yet that is the very time that we need to renew our commitment to this focused vision of global mission and of mission mobilization. That's why I believe this, this message is so, uh, so pivotal, so central to what the Lord wants to do, to stay the course, renewing our commitment, not just to look at the natural circumstances all around the world, the pandemic situation and many more, but to say, Lord, we're going to stay the course. You've called us to this great commission thing. We're not just going to back down from that because this COVID-19 situation has arisen and it's proving very, very damaging in many areas around the world and even to the body of Christ. Lord, we're not going to back down. We're still going forth with this uh, staying the course vision of seeing the global church mobilized and equipped for cross-cultural mission. Now, the reason why this is important to even be talking about in context to COVID is because it gets common, or it is very common, to get sluggish in any good work after a while. And I would say particularly in mission mobilization, particularly in global mission. We face so many challenges. We have so much spiritual warfare that is swirling around us. The enemy hates the work of mission to unreached people groups. He hates the work of mission mobilization to raise up the global church to walk in her core identity. The, uh, the enemy hates all that. So what the Lord seems to be saying is, even though there's all this stuff, chaos swirling around the world with COVID and many other things, the Lord seems to be saying, renew your vision. Stay the course. Keep your passion, keep your single-mindedness related to mobilizing my church, I think the Lord would say, and equipping her for, for cross-cultural mission. Don't just get sidetracked with other focal points. It's easy right now to say, well, there's this need, there's this need, there's this need over here, and those are legitimate needs right now, okay? And maybe we can do some of those needs and meet some of those needs while staying laser-focused with single-mindedness still on the calling to mobilize the church. Okay? We want to stay focused. Don't let these other things kind of come in and say, well, let's put this mission mobilization thing, let's put this global mission thing uh, on the shelf for a few years, and let's focus on these issues instead. I think the Lord would say, no, 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 don't do that. Stay laser focused in on me and what I'm saying and my big picture redemptive purpose uh, in the earth. And call my people to wholeheartedness and out of that wholeheartedness of love for me to reach the nations. Do not let that message get sidetracked. So, you know, in this kind of ministry, sometimes it feels like we've been toiling for many years. Like Peter, you remember? Peter said, Lord, I've just been out all night. I've been toiling. I've been fishing maybe 8, 10, 12 hours. We don't know the length. But he said, I've been out all night and I've caught nothing. Here was a weary guy. Okay? Sometimes we feel the same. We're trying to mobilize uh, these guys and this ministry and that ministry and that group related to mission mobilization. But we sometimes feel we're not making much headway, Lord. So I believe in the midst of that, the Lord would, would be saying to us, 
Keep faithful. Again, stay the course. Listen to my word. Don't get timid. Don't rely on feelings. Don't rely on just what you can see in the natural. Don't hold back from this mission mobilization emphasis. Don't hold back from calling my church to wholehearted love for me. And out of that overflow, wholehearted love for all the remaining uh, ethnic people groups in the earth. So, I believe he's calling the global church to renewed faith in himself. To act on his word. That he will do his part. But as we do our part, okay, yes, he's sovereign, he's God, he can do whatever he wants. But if you haven't learned this yet from the word of God, from his own Bible, the authoritative scripture, the principle in the kingdom of God is, but he will not do it on his own. He says, I want my body walking and working and putting their hands to the plow with me and together we will see the work accomplished. Now it's God's work and he's the one with all the authority, all the power, all the wisdom, all the uh, uh, enabling, all the miracles, all the moving on hearts, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That's all from him. Absolutely. But he says, look, you guys have a part. You have to play your part. Okay. He says, I will not fulfill this great commission thing. I will not do it in my own strength. So how do we play our little part? It's Luke chapter five. It's verse four, let down your nets, launch out into the deep, the inconvenient, the uh, putting off the business as usual, the costly stuff, the costly obedience, launch out into the deep, let down your nets. What does that mean? In our ministries, emphasize mission mobilization so that believers then can understand their role and play their role in the fulfillment uh, of the Great Commission. So now is the time. In this COVID time, we might say, no, this isn't time for this. We need to wait, focus on other things. The time for what you're talking about, the time for your message is much later. I would say, no, now is the time to press forward in faith and let down our nets. In this pause time, so to speak, related to COVID, we must be pressing forward, letting down our nets, mobilizing our local ministries, empowering them, not in a one-off event, but creating a culture in our local ministries where mission mobilization is the norm, where mission mobilization is at the forefront. I believe that's the message of Luke chapter 5, verse 4. And so often, our local ministries, again, were catching little, like Peter did. But then what happened? Jesus gave Peter a different strategy, didn't he? He said, well, you've been toiling, yes, but here, Peter, throw them out over that edge, okay? Do it my way was the idea here. And then what happened? When we did it, when Peter did it his way, the Lord's way, then a great catch was hauled in. Peter had done the fishing thing his way uh, all night and uh, uh, presumably for the whole years before. And now he has this new idea, not new idea, but the Lord says, do it this way. Launch out into the, launch out your nets because you're doing it my way now, you're going to have a different result, a whole different, uh, a whole catch of fish that comes in. So I think my understanding here, and as I talk to many different leaders and mobilizers, I, I get the same sense that the Lord is saying, if the global church will approach mission mobilization a little differently by bringing it into each local ministry, 
than a great catch among the unreached peoples out there will be experienced in a corresponding way in the years to come. Okay, so instead of just a little bit tossing out to the unreached, bringing in a little result, the Lord seems to be saying, if you'll focus on the church, do mission mobilization here in a widespread way, make it the emphasis, put it at the forefront of every local ministry, then over time and in a corresponding way, out there, you're going to scatter much more, many more message bearer teams, and they're going to impact uh, the unreached people's in a profound, profound uh, way. So all of this requires a comprehensive mission mobilization plan. Okay, And that's a little bit what we're talking about, not just in this episode, but in all of the uh, mission mobilization chats, this podcast, that's the really the core idea. What does it look like to have a comprehensive mission mobilization plan instead of a little mobilization here, a little mobilization here, kind of a sporadic plan? That's what kind of we've had over the years, and there's no, there's no criticism in that. We've done that for many, many years, and it produces a little bit of fruit. But I think the Lord is wanting to go to a whole other level through a comprehensive mission mobilization plan. Because to see a great sending movement to the unreached, it requires a corresponding great mission mobilization movement first across the entire global church. All of our denominational structures, all of our church networks, all of our organizational structures, this mobilization movement across the global church, implementing mission mobilization within the life of every community of believers all across the earth. Can you imagine that? Just take a moment implementing mission mobilization across all these mission structures, not just for a conference over here, not just for a mission education uh, course over there, but within the life of the millions of local ministries that are in existence right now and that will come into existing in, into existence through church planning movements in the years to come that they would be incubators, every local ministry an incubator, to be highlighting and prioritizing and emphasizing mission mobilization within them. That will absolutely change how the global mission movement continues to uh, progress. So like Paul, Paul had uh, many, many mandates, directives, you can call them, callings, you can call them, that God put upon him, the Apostle Paul. But one of them I like the best, okay? This one that he has in Romans, he says in Romans chapter 1, verse 5, and it's his great commission, okay? So Jesus gave the great commission to the disciples, but Paul uses slightly different terminology, okay? Same basic ideas, but the Lord gave him a little bit slightly different lenses and understanding, a ways to uh, understand it and ways to communicate it. So what did Paul say? He said, I've been called to make obedience uh, or to help bring, you could say, obedience to the faith among all nations for Jesus's name and for his glory. Let me say that again. And this is our corporate calling, just like Paul's was. Our corporate calling is meant to produce obedience to the nations, uh, or sorry, obedience to the faith among all nations or among all ethnic people groups. Why? 
for the sake of Jesus's glory, not for the sake of the global church, not for the sake of how many people we've sent out as message bearers. None of that matters in the grand scheme of things. It's for the sake of his name, for the sake of his glory, for the sake of his fame, being known and experienced among all the unreached ethnic people groups so that they can know Christ, so that they can worship him, so that they can obey him, so that they can be commissioned in this great commission as well and go out and reach other near culture unreached people groups that are around them. So our corporate calling, I'm going to close with this, is meant to produce obedience to the faith among all ethnic peoples for his name's sake. Amen and amen. But to get there, we need some different lenses. We need to see mission mobilization in a broad, comprehensive way, developing even broad uh, frameworks, not just these little kind of hit and miss type things that we've been relying on uh, in the past 50 or so years. And again, that's beginning to start to change. That's why we believe the Holy Spirit is speaking these messages right now to the body of Christ. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for Luke chapter 5 verse 4. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Lord, we are asking that every local church, every local ministry, no matter if it's 10 or 15 people, Lord, or 10 or 15,000 people, mega church types, Lord, for every one of these local ministry, of which there are millions around the earth, every one of them becoming a net that not only reaches lost people, the traditional understanding of this verse, but that is mobilizing their own people so that as their own people are spread out, scattered about, they are bringing in a larger catch of fish than we've ever seen as the global body of Christ before. Though we believe that is still yet future. That is the, uh, where you are taking us as the global body of Christ. And we ask for it in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask for your inheritance in the nations. That Psalm chapter 2 verse 8. Ask of me and I will give you the nations. The, that verse is talking about Jesus. That Jesus would ask of the Father and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. The nations are Jesus's, are your inheritance, Lord. And we want to be a part of seeing them brought before you in worship and in adoration. Lord, in obedience. Father, we love you. We ask for the changes needed in mission mobilization. The paradigm shifts to be embraced across your body. Trainings to help pastors and leaders, Lord, to grow into this paradigm, this understanding. This comprehensive mission mobilization plan that I believe you are giving many people, many mobilization ministries understanding in right now. We thank you for it. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you as you serve in mission mobilization. To listen to more mission mobilization chats, subscribe on YouTube or go to globalmmi.net.